Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the world. Thanks to everybody who listens to the show. We have so much appreciation for the fact that anybody listens to this show, let alone anybody who joins up over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Uh, patrons were treated last week to an episode about the different logos the visuals that you get used to seeing used to seeing all over this state of ours and the discussion popping off around that has been robust and i am constantly amazed at how nerdy conversations on that patreon get so thanks to everybody who's been participating this week's episode this is part of our small business spotlight series you know every once in a while i interview someone about the small business they run in new jersey how it was formed the the ups the downs the trials the tribulations this time i'm interviewing michelle who is the the driving force behind cat's luck vegan down in neptune city right next to asbury park and i think you're gonna agree I think there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this who go, I think Michelle from Cat's Luck might be the coolest person in New Jersey. First of all, just cool vibes in general. Secondly, though, you're going to hear about how the business started, and that's cool. You're going to hear about the chances taken to make Cat's Luck come to life. You're going to go, that's cool. And then you're going to hear, most importantly, in my opinion, about many different ways in which Michelle is making this, uh, you know, it goes beyond a bakery. And not just because now they also sell, you know, non-baked goods, including uh, vegan gabagool, which is just an insane thing to say. Vegan Taylor ham, insane thing to say. Not just because it's not just baked goods anymore, but because Michelle has a lot of opinions about why you should make your business a cornerstone of your community why you should be holding events there, why you should be dedicating shelf space to things that aren't necessarily things you sell, but things that a community might need. It's really cool. It's a cool, inspiring attitude. I found myself blown away. I tried to just stay chill around Michelle because I just wanted to sit there and go, man, everything you're saying is like uh, exactly what I hope every small business owner thinks and does. But... What can I say? Some people are out here doing it right. Cat's Luck Vegan. That's one of the places doing it right in this state, if you ask me. And P.S. I've had some of the baked goods, and they're delicious. I don't care if they didn't have eggs or cream or butter or any of it. They were delicious. So check it out. Enjoy it. And guess what? Patrons, check the post in the Patreon, because Michelle has very kindly said that if you use the password we use on our Patreon, and you go on and you order something, you'll get a free cookie with your order. That's, that's pretty great, too. Anyway, enjoy it, everybody. Thanks, Michelle. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here. And I'm very, very excited today uh, to be focusing on yet another small business out there scrapping it out in the wilds of New Jersey. And this is yet another place where I don't remember exactly when I started following them or how I found them online, but it's Cat's Luck, which is a... Uh, vegan place down in Neptune City, New Jersey. And uh, I was, for like a year and a half, I've been following them online, being very envious and drooling over all of the vegan 
baked goods and food that's coming out of this place. And luckily in December, finally got to meet some of the gang from Katzla because they came and hung out at the New Jersey is the World Live show and, and sold people vegan brownies. And now we're lucky enough to be joined by the person behind Cat's Luck Vegan. It's Michelle. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, I thank you for joining us today. Yeah, stoked to be chatting with you. I have to say, I can't lie, I've not been by Cat's Luck yet, but when I was with my family, we stayed for like a week in Asbury Park last year, and I, I drove by, and your place looks cool. You're making great stuff from the outside. Like just the... Um, there's weirdly a, a running thing with some of the fans of our show that there's a lot of fans of typography. Even just your logo is cool. It's, it's the crass font. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And it's huge. It's in huge block letters outside. Yep. And I'm, my, my kid got sick when we were at Asbury Park or else we, we had plans of going and we had to come home and bail. Um, but I wanted to start today by asking about the history of Cat's Luck, specifically you know, both in general, but then specifically in the context of New Jersey, because I feel like growing up and I'm in my early forties now, so I'm a bit of an old man by many people's standards, but veganism was viewed as a fringe thing. Like I remember there were like vegan hardcore bands and they were badasses and they seemed dangerous and it was like revolving around <laughs> veganism. And it's become more and more of a mainstream thing. There's certainly, you know, you can watch the Food Network and see like all the cooking shows will have like, here's our vegan week where you're not allowed mm. to use eggs. And everybody knows what it is now. But growing up, I, before our interview, I, I was thinking like, when I was a kid, maybe Montclair could have supported a vegan restaurant. Maybe Red Bank at certain points would have been like hip. And, you know, some of the places that maybe have more of a feeling to me of being connected to the big cities near us. But now you're up and running with a full-fledged vegan spot. So I want to know how this came to be and specifically how you see it tying in to, um, to kind of Jersey and its culture and some of the changes around Jersey. Because, I mean, our foods here, we like, you know, hot dogs and Taylor ham and we cheese all, all over that, our though, pizzas. It's just the vegan version. I know, I know, <laughs> but you're pulling it off. Cream cheese. Everything has cheese or meat in it in this. Um, so... I ended up in Asbury first, but uh, Neptune City is only like a five minute drive from Asbury. So just based on like rent alone, it makes way more sense for us. But uh, yeah, I landed in Asbury in 2020, like right before the pandemic. Uh, me and John eloped and he was living here and I was living in Maplewood and Asbury was clearly the cooler spot to live in. Uh moved down here needed a job in the winter in a beach town and decided to just start baking out of our house. And a week later, uh, a friend from playing at the meat locker and basement shows in New Brunswick, uh, hit me up and was like, Oh, my buddy owns this spot, Sammy street food and wants a baker there. So I went in thinking I was going to interview and it just turned out he like wanted to rent me space to bake out of in exchange for like some of my extra baked goods to sell in their bakery case. Uh, and I like rented space from him and operated through the height of COVID in his Mediterranean street food kitchen um, <laughs> for like a year and a half. And he's a great guy and we got along super great. And then I ended up finding the space. Uh, John's like old workshop was across the street from it. And he noticed when it was for rent that like there was a hood and everything like a kitchen hood suppression system and everything. And he was like, Oh, you should go check it out and see how much money it is. And it was like 
super doable at the time. So Neptune City it was. It sounds like your business was almost unintentional. It doesn't sound like this is a thing you set out to do. It sounds like opportunities uh, kept kind of falling out of the sky and forcing this to happen. I mean, it's been my dream for like the last decade. Uh, I worked at a place called Cedar Ridge in Maplewood for seven years as like a manager and their head baker. Uh, and when I moved down here, it was like just the intention to get like a baking gig at some spot in Asbury. But uh, again, I moved at like the worst time. No one's hiring in December, January in a beach town. So like creating the business for sure, like the way I did was like a goal at some point, but it definitely wasn't as quickly as it happened. And then I was lucky enough that like people really dug it. And during like the height of COVID, we were delivering food to people's doors all over Monmouth County. So just like the accessibility of like, oh, dope, I can have like vegan donuts delivered to my door at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Yeah, I want that. And enough people wanted that, uh, that it definitely like all those customers in the early days are like what helped me make this dream a reality way quicker than I intended. And how long have you personally been vegan? I just hit 11 years on January 1st. It was my new year's resolution 11 years ago. And, <laughs> and I stuck with it. If I, if I've done my research correctly and I listen, I don't do a ton of research. I'm not out here stalking <laughs> you, but you were also self-taught as a baker. Yeah. Uh, the place Cedar Ridge I worked at, I went in with like the shittiest vegan cupcakes ever. Uh, at the time I thought they were great retrospect, not good. Uh, and my boss then who has since passed away, was like, yeah, we want to sell vegan stuff. Like Maple is a, one of the towns, like you mentioned, like Montclair Red Bank kind of bedroom it's, community town it's gotten um, yeah it's it, we all know it's the new brooklyn yeah. the new york times told us all it's the yep. new brooklyn four yep, people who worked that. for npr worked there and my now parents are brooklyn. actually originally from brooklyn but they did move to maplewood in 91 so they were ahead of the go. curve okay. uh okay but yeah i went in with my cupcakes and he was like yeah we want to offer those and then he taught me like traditional baking but everything's like pretty home style like i don't do like puff pastry or anything super fancy per se but like all the comfort snack foods you'd want i could do at this point but yeah self-taught it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing to hear like self-taught in this style get to asbury park and there happens to be a street cart with a need that you can fill and then there happens to be an empty restaurant space with the equipment you need it almost feels like neptune city was begging for a vegan bakery. I would think that a large portion of the demographic of Neptune City probably doesn't love us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We had like a hardcore gig in the parking lot in October and the cops were called multiple times. So I bet. they're not like maybe the most stoked on our existence. <laughs> How is that? Because I have to imagine this is not something I know for a fact, but I wonder if part of it is... Um, Asbury Park is such a weird case, right? Because it certainly has changed within our lifetime. We all saw it. And some of that's gentrification. I think any good-minded person has to be very aware of their role in gentrification, what it means. But Asbury Park's also a unique case because there were so many stretches of the town that were largely abandoned. Right. So it's an extraordinarily celebratory case of it. But the town surrounding Asbury Park when they see the vegan bakeries that are on hardcore shows and the parking lot shop, do you feel like maybe Neptune city's going, Oh shit, here come the Asbury park. It has spilled over. And now here it, it comes. It is definitely spilled over. We have plenty of friends in town that like 
got priced out of Asbury and it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. Um, and like, I will say our direct neighbors are like really cool and are stoked in what we do, but like as a whole, the town itself is not politically aligned with us. I, I know this for a fact, but, yeah. uh, they're gonna have to accept it because i've got a pretty long lease and i'm staying so (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that that, i love that here you're drawing lines and making borderline threats to your neighbors in the city on new jersey's road we're here get used to it i love it um it is in monmouth counties where things get really interesting though politically right in the sense of by the time you get to ocean county it's a well-known thing in new jersey politics <laughs> like ocean county you're going not just red but like a, a trump it is match. the mason dixon line of new jersey for sure it is they think they are the south uh, and monmouth county is then effectively the baltimore virginia <laughs> sort of is it the south still or not of of new jersey if we want to think yeah like town to town it changes so quickly and coming from like essex county i'm not quite used to that like massive dividing line so quickly uh it has taken a little bit to get used to like oh cool i could be 15 minutes from my house and see a confederate flag on someone's lawn yeah it's bizarre also just to be clear um for anyone who's listening who's like chris you haven't even asked michelle about her politics like why are you just assuming that the confederate flags and trumpism would be outside it's i think maybe when i'm talking to a vegan baker who's already name dropped the meat locker in montclair i can safely assume <laughs> that we share some liberal and progressive values i think that's fair to assume in this case i mean Apologies. i don't use the word liberal for myself but like yeah yeah left i certainly don't think that you're giving a thumbs up when the confederate flag trucks roll by nope yeah yeah that's fair now i have a a question i've long been fascinated by when it comes to uh veganism and running a vegan business because i'll let you know where i'm at i'm fully vegetarian now still do the milk and eggs um I stopped eating red meat because my digestion's always been historically terrible. That was 2016. It instantly improved my health. So I was like, let me give up pork too. And it was very easy. I lived at the time in Jackson Heights, Queens, which had little India. So there was just insanely good vegetarian food everywhere yeah. in the neighborhood. My wife's been a vegetarian for over 30 years. So there's just all these factors. And then I was still eating fish. And during the pandemic, I'm like, I'm not going to cook fish in the house with my vegetarian wife when we're trapped. We're trapped in this place together. I'm not going to stink the place up like fish. So all of a sudden, fully vegetarian slowly over phases. But here's the thing. I'm one of these vegetarians who like when Burger King puts out the Impossible Whopper, I sit here, I go... Oh, cool. I can eat a cheeseburger. I can eat a fast food cheese. When, when White Castle put out the Impossible Sliders, I'm like, oh, thank God. Like that, I'm at that level, which I think is... An admittedly annoying level. Like I'm not committed to the cause as much as other people. My wife sometimes will eat the impossible meat and be like, this weirds me out. It tastes too much like meat. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that. Whereas I'm like, oh, cool, I can still do it. Point being though, to run a business, there is some level to which including the people like me is a smart business move. And you mentioned you got vegan Taylor ham. Mm-hmm. You can give somebody a bagel with some cream cheese on it. You do, the people like me who go, I want to do the right thing, but also I still want to eat Taylor Ham. But here's my question. So how do you make sure that that Taylor Ham tastes like Taylor Ham when you've been a vegan for 11 years? Do you have a meat eater friend that you have to bring in to to 
product test this stuff for you. So I'm not so hardline vegan that I don't associate with meat eaters. So I do have a handful of (laughs) meat eater friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also like so many people that like, like I was not a big fan of meat prior to being vegan. So I haven't had so many of the things that we recreate anyway, but so many people that like either work there or hang out there, like haven't been vegan for that long so that they can be the ones to be like, yo, this definitely tastes like Taylor ham. Uh, or at least does what Taylor ham does on a bagel. Like, um, I, I am also like your wife, not like so stoked on like the impossible stuff and like that, like really close mock meat. Um, but I also just love like junk food. Like our whole menu is like crunch wraps and sloppy joes. The stuff you post. (laughs) There are times where you will post something like, was it, did you recently put up like a gabagool crunch wrap? Oh yeah. So, uh, I saw that and I was like, (laughs) why do I live so fucking far from Monmouth County, man? I want to get in the car right now. If I was started making our own (sighs) gabagool and it's, it's dope. Uh, I don't actually have any point of reference on what, it's supposed to taste like, but the spices in it are like dead on. So we're told by our meat eating friends. So that's a pretty exciting one. And our dog also happens to be named Gabagool. So (laughs) that's a perfect name for a New Jersey dog, by the way, everyone. I feel like if even people who might not be interested in hearing about the ins and outs of running a vegan bakery, if they're fans of New Jersey and they just found out your dog's named Gabagool, they just, they just had gained respect. If only for that. I will Uh, also add like, so many of our customers are not vegan, like yeah. not even vegetarian. They're oh. just people who want like food and we make like fun, familiar, like mock things of like weird fast food restaurants and shit. So like, I will say like probably like 60% of our customer base is not vegan, maybe like, vegetarian, maybe just don't eat some stuff here and there, but like everyone comes in. Let me also be clear too. After we did that show in, uh, at house of independence in December, you were there selling some, some of your wares and you had some leftovers that you passed on to me. And my wife and I both were like, Holy shit, this is dangerous to have it in the house. Like it, it, it was one of those sad points where as a dad to a toddler, I run into this a lot where I'm like, there's so much junk food around. And if we're not just going to throw it away, I just kind of have to eat it all so that my kid doesn't just sit there and feast on, like you said, junk food. And it is good quality junk food. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's got, <laughs> if it doesn't have eggs or cream in it. No one will care. Like if you're out here and you're going, I'm just not interested in, in the vegan conversation at all. Let me be clear. If you ever drive by cats like, and you like brownies, it doesn't matter if you like veganism because they got good fucking brownies end of debate everybody yeah people's perception of vegan baking i feel like was formed in like the 90s where it was like very i don't know dry weird like granola based things and like the food science has come so far that like every single dairy option has a vegan alternative that works just the same in a baked goods recipe that like it's really easy to convert like a family recipe to being vegan without like exchanging things for applesauce or bananas or tofu or like whatever things were prior like to now used. Um, so like we still use sugar. There's plenty of sugar in everything. Like, uh, boom, this it's a sweet, like regardless, like it doesn't, if someone's like, I taste the difference. Like I kind of call bullshit on that. Like you're just going in with preconceived notions about what vegan is and you just don't like it based on that. And you can just say that. (laughs) Um, there, I got married at a Jewish summer camp 
that we rented for three days. I'm not Jewish. My wife's not Jewish. I grew up in West Orange. I went to a school where there was uh, in the in the Jewish part of town. So I grew up with Jewish kids, and I was always well aware that for the kids who are more orthodox, there's this concept of the Shabbos goy, which is this thing that sometimes people joke about, where you know if it's the Sabbath and you're not allowed to push the button on the elevator in your apartment building, you have someone who's not Jewish come in and push the button for you, a friend to come in and turn on your lights. So it's kind of this workaround. And I feel like hearing that you have people who can verify the, um, the Gabagool, verify the Taylor ham, you almost have like, um, like a, a vegan version of the Shabbos squad. <laughs> like you have the people who can come in and safety check everything for you on behalf of all the, the lapsed meat eaters of the world. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Are there any other New Jersey classics? Like hearing that you do a Gabagool crunch wrap, I'm sure everybody out there just went like, holy shit. Like hearing <laughs> that you'll do, and I remember when I brought it up to you when we met, I was like, I saw you just started doing, uh, you started doing your own Taylor Ham recently and you were like, yeah, and it's good. Like you were kind of cocky about it in a way that made me instantly trust it. Um, are there any other, are there other New Jersey classics out there that you're scheming back end to produce the vegan version of? I mean, we make disco fries. They're on our menu regularly. Um, <laughs> we have a crunch wrap that's called the Jersey Diner, and it's got Taylor ham, egg and cheese with a hard roll crunch, and then disco fries on it. And that's the crunch wrap, and it's served with a side of salt, pepper, ketchup. That's insane. What do I got? What do I got to do to get a vegan uh, Italian hot dog, Jimmy Buff style? John has been pushing one of those for so long, so it's only a matter of time. That will be the thing. <laughs> like when you posted that Gabagool crunch wrap, I honestly was like, oh, like to have a three-year-old child, it's just I'm less cool than I you just don't have the time. You can't get out as much. You can't just jump in the car. There was a stretch in my life where the second you posted to that, you would have just heard my car peeling out. <laughs> if you the day you post Italian hot dogs come up as the vegan version, I, I will be all right. Arrested driving down the parkway <laughs> on my way to you. Um, so one of the running themes that we found here, and this is not an intentional or planned thing um, with this series, but thus far, I think with the small business series, I've talked to Bagels by Jarrett in West Orange, New Jersey, mm -hmm. who I feel like you would probably be aware of them, but they're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I like, am. They're, his, I think his, the roots of how his things start, his, it's taken on a different form. His is curbside pickup only. Um, but the roots of it being very grassroots and organic, similar. I've talked to uh, Tom from Mutiny Barbecue. I've talked to Flux Modern, the furniture mm -hmm. people in Asbury Park. These are all, you're like nodding. You know, Yeah, I, these are all places all I people know, and know. Like people I've at least spoken to a little bit. So, And there's a very strange thing, and we've talked about it so much on the show here, which is, I didn't lead it there, but within minutes, you were talking about the Meat Locker and New Brunswick Basement shows. And I know that, that makes me sound so bad that that's like the within, within minutes you talk about the Meat Locker. Like, the point <laughs> is, there's a very strong trend right now that all, all of those people I just mentioned have connections to the punk rock scene. All of them played in bands. Um, I think every single one of those people I just named played in bands. And there's a very, there is a cool thing right now happening in New Jersey of. I think a lot of people who, you know, a lot of from people my age, it was the Bouncing Souls. And then people, uh, you know, on the younger end, when I was still involved, it was the Ergs and then Screaming Females for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who music is the touchstone. And now in New Jersey, a lot of those people are starting some of the 
not just thriving, but buzzed about small businesses in this state. And it's really cool to see. I'm wondering how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, across like Jersey, there's so many like punks that I'm friends with that have like cool businesses. And then even just further out, like I've created like a cool little network of like vegan bakers around the country that I talk to. And like so many are like punks and maybe it's just because I like align with those people that we've like connected on the internet. But like having worked for other people for so long and being like, this is baking is my passion and I don't do it just for a paycheck. I do it because it's what actually makes me happy. And I don't want to work for someone else, uh, opening a business and then like making sure my ethics are in that business. Um, and then like hiring people who align with me. Um, it just kind of made sense, uh, to just do what I love and like, not in a capitalistic way because I'm fairly anti-capitalist despite being a small business owner. Uh, like it just was a no brainer to create this business and make this my life. Uh, and I'm sure that like a lot of my, like being in a band, uh, helped my like figuring out how the fuck to do this, like with zero knowledge on owning a business. (laughs) I have to ask about your band and, um, who they were because there's definitely some people listening right now who are about to go like oh shit that's a band i used to go see so so, like 12 years ago briefly in a band called fox reactions pop punk band a la kid dynamite worship uh Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. a couple years later we turned into more of like a hardcore band called death vacation love it i love it that you can go from death vacation to cats like vegan. So you mentioned that you've, you started throwing shows. You've thrown a hardcore show that got the police called on you, which is both annoying and I'm sure concerning, but slightly a point of pride as, it is, it is. as a punk baker. Um, I've also seen that you've posted signage in the bakery that to me is akin to the signage when you go into a DIY space about it being a safe space. That to me is very much cut from most bakeries I don't think would even think to do that, but it seems like your bakery has the tone and feel of a DIY space, but where it just happens to be crunch wraps and baked goods <laughs> instead of bands taking focus. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple gigs inside too. Um, we had Corey Brandon play a couple months ago. Uh, my husband, John's like record release party was there. This Our is buddy. John Francis. You're being <laughs> modest. Let me just plug it. John Jonathan Francis. Francis yep. Also uh, played Fest this year. Same weekend yeah. I did. So this is a legit human being. Everybody support. And then uh, like Roger Harvey is our homie from Philly. He's played a couple times. Uh, we had like our birthday party in the parking lot. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to keep having shows inside because if I can just bring all the things that I love together in my little space, then like that'll make me the happiest person ever. And I won't ever really hate my job. So there is some, I love that there, there's sort of a, that idea of like all these things I love can coexist. And as it's, there's also some truth to it too, of like as someone running a small business, also a bakery, you probably have to be up early. You are staying up late. You're tired. It's like, as you maybe are entering a phase of life where it's going to be less feasible to go to shows to make your bakery a place where the oh, shows yeah. can Bring come it to, to me. You. That's yep. <laughs> it makes smart. my life way easier. <laughs> Pretty smart. I also have to imagine, um, and certainly based on everything we've talked about so far, I have to imagine there's also some thought 
on an ethical level of making a bakery a place that serves multifunctions for the community beyond just here's where you stop to pick up your bagel in the morning or your brownies. Um, I have to imagine there's also some thought put into that as well. Definitely. Uh, we use this space for as m- many purposes as we can. Uh, we did like a free clothing swap. We've done a couple of those. Um, we donate weekly to different organizations. Um, they're not all animal rights based either. Um, we do tend to donate a lot to our friends who own a farm sanctuary in Wrightstown called Utter Chaos. Um, but I mean, this past week, uh, Marissa, who works at Cat's Luck, has been like my right hand since we opened. Uh, her grandfather passed away and he had dementia. So we did a fundraiser with like donating some of our profits this past weekend to the Dementia Society of America. Um, I do cake raffles all the time to fundraise for different mutual aid organizations. We donate our leftovers on Sundays to Jersey Shore Food Not Bombs. Uh, It is more than just a bakery. Uh, I use it for a platform for our activism in the community for sure. Um, We have a shelf inside with local music for sale. Um, We have a bookshelf that's you sliding scale, pay what you want. People donated a bunch of books and now we just donate monthly to a different cause. Um, and then, yeah, bringing in music and being able to pay our friends to play and to raise money with those shows for different causes is like, it is far more than just a bakery. <laughs> I'm going to say something and it's going to be a little schmaltzy and it's going to sound like I'm blowing smoke, but I'm really not because everything you just laid out, I think is legitimately beautiful and is legitimately how things can change and, and, um, and people's lives can be affected in the sense of, I think a lot of us lately uh, have seen how tenuous the government's grasp is on things. Like all this infrastructure that we trust to take care of us, we've all seen like, oh no, you can storm a capital pretty easy. Like you can question the validity of that from the federal level down to a state. Like people can start saying a voting machine is rigged and some people are going to believe it. And um, you start to realize like, Ooh, a lot, it's kind of a house of cards, but the idea of grassroots human to human mutual. I mean, aid, we help us is like the motto pretty much. Like if, no one, no one else is going to do it for us. I mean, we have like free Narcan on the shelf. We have our friends come and table and sell whatever they need to get by. Uh, we had one of our friends who's a local f- photographer uh, come and sell her prints so she could get to Berlin to do journalism there, like undercover about like the mutual aid organizations. Um, yeah, it really is like at this point, obviously I'm a punk. I don't like the government. It's kind of the basics of it. Uh, I want to look out for my community and provide a space for that, for everyone to feel comfortable in and do that. It's, I get a lot of credit as a punk comedian, but I'm also well aware that being a punk comedian is not as much, you don't, you don't dive as deep into the lifestyle as like the punk musicians do. Um, but I'll tell you this, and I think you'll get a kick out of this as someone who, who lived there. When we moved back to Jersey, my wife initially you know, she heard about Montclair, Maplewood. Some friends from the city have moved to those places. And then I was like, we can look in Maplewood, but you're going to be pretty shocked at the at the taxes. And then we looked at her quote, and it made me love her because she's much more of a punk rocker than I've ever been. She's like, 
I can just cannot give this much money to the government. Just on an ethical level, I'm not giving this much money oh, yeah. to the government. <laughs> like even beyond the damage to the pocketbooks, just like whatever the government's doing with this, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah, also, it's fucking wild there. I, I don't understand how people can afford to live there. I don't know what kind of job provides you with the money. Like I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> but I have to say too, and again, not trying to blow too much smoke, but just out of total respect for what you're doing, because to have shelf space take to have shelf space taken up by like donated books that you then donate those profits to organizations, that's shelf space you could be using to sell some other things, you know, to keep Narcan there. That's something that some people might have a problem with of like the not in my backyardism, you know, that nimbyism that comes in. Um, but the bottom line to me is, you know, there is a theoretical world in which some of the people of, of Monmouth County who are going, Oh shoot, here come the Asbury park punk rockers. You sit here and you go, um, there might come a day where one of their kids is addicted to something. And they realize that your bakery in their backyard is the place where they have access to some tools and literature and support that the government just can't or won't provide them. And I go, this is why I love seeing places like you spring up and to see what you're doing. I love seeing bagels by Jarrett. I just followed on Instagram over the holiday. He got in a big fight with the town government in West Orange because he started collecting turkeys. Oh yeah, I saw that. And then the That's town bullshit. came in and said, you can't have a freezer on the sidewalk. And he's going, I'm collecting turkeys for hungry people at the holidays. You know, um, our friends, we have mutual friends. I've done a lot of shows at Silver Stream Studios in Montclair, which is almost similar as you're describing everything else. That's a priority at Cat Luck Beyond the, uh, Cat's Luck Beyond the Food. Our friends over there, uh, Timmy and Derek, are running this recording studio. But if anybody's to stop by, it's like you can also buy fanzines, mm -hmm. and they have uh, skateboard decks and and events that are like combinations of yoga and mental wellness treatment. And you sit here, you go all these the the places that go. We're going to carve out our space with what we do, but then as soon as that space exists, we're providing oxygen to the idea of community and the community's needs fill in the blanks of what the rest of this place could be. It's a beautiful thing. And to me, I trust that way more than the government. And oh, there's, absolutely. There's, there's people who go, you know, New Jersey keeps getting ranked really high on these lists of the high quality of life. And people go, wait, it's Jersey. Why? And I go, it's because of the people. And it's because of the way that we like to take care of each other. And it's because of the way that, and here's another thing I know, not to put words in your mouth. If one of those people with the Confederate flag came in one day and said, hey, my kid's addicted to something. I heard you have Narcan. I also know punk rockers well enough to go, let's start with helping you. And then let's maybe see if we can get you to throw that fucking bullshit flag out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And uh, also, Sidebar, though, I will also say that uh, Timmy and Derek are like my high school friends. Uh, I used to carpool to school with Timmy and like youth group when we both had to go to CCD and shit. So they are friends for decades now. And, and they clearly <laughs> share some values. Like the way they're running that recording studio is very evocative of what you just told me about how mm -hmm. you're running your bakery. And I really love it. I respect it. I hope all these places survive and thrive because to me, I go, that's the, that's the sort of subversive, like you have some of the most smart and motivated people in this state consistently going like, I think I'll just go find a way to do stuff myself. And that is a big part of what makes me so in love with this goddamn state. <laughs> I agree. So what do you think, uh, how, what's the future here? What's the future of Cat's Luck as far as 
the restaurant side of it? What's the future of it as far as the community center side of it? What should our listeners know about your long-term goals with the space? I mean, at this point, we've just done like a little bit of everything that I want to do, but I want to do it at like a much like higher level. Uh, We've been tabling at shows at Trinity Church. Uh, Our friends like Brigade Collective have been booking shows there for the last like almost a year now. Uh, And like they're really dope, like hardcore gigs like Beach Rats is playing there next week or this weekend. Uh, Do more like tabling at shows because like that's how I got my start really was like bake sales at punk gigs and I want to do more of that uh, and find more time to do that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be small places like church shows are cool when we've done stuff at house, but like, I don't know, it'd be cool to do like some bigger like music festivals that we dig. Uh, And then as far as like more shows in the parking lot, for sure. The second it's springtime, like we did that one at the end of October. So it was like too cold to keep doing more. So that was just like the taste of what we could do. Uh, I want to like the second it's warm out have like a show every weekend, honestly. And when the police, when the police show up at that hardcore gig, I mean, you're gleefully grinning as you say you want to do a show every weekend. And you told me that the first one got the police called. I mean, they can't really do much other than like, give me a citation. And I guess that fucking sucks to have that. But like, I mean, it's over. It's on a Sunday afternoon. It's over in two hours. Like I'm not technically breaking any law by having loud music happen, especially if like, you're going to really shut down the show that's a fundraiser for something like you're just the asshole. I mean, in general cops, assholes, but like, (laughs) that's really like you're the whole town's against me because I'm doing a fundraiser and it's a little loud and aggressive for two hours. Like he came twice. He came at the end and was like too late because it already had ended. And like the most he was going to do was like, write me a citation. So it sounds like you're, I mean, you just literally shrugged your shoulders as if you're like, I'll pay the citation and keep doing shows. I mean, if it's going to raise money for good causes, then like, I'll just pay a small fraction of what we make towards that or I'll pull it out of my own pocket. I feel like it's worth it. Like, I don't know, maybe that's like my shitty, like white girl privilege, but if I'm going to have the privilege, I'm going to use it for good, I guess. (laughs) Use it to put on benefit shows and then also laugh at the cops as they write you the ticket. You and, and again, it, that's like me being, I wouldn't have that privilege if I didn't look the way I did. I fully understand that. But again, like if I can use it for good, that's what I'm going to do. It also sounds like you've got one cantankerous neighbor who probably had a problem. Definitely. I mean, we have like a pride flag in the window and we have a big Black Lives Matter banner inside. And I'm sure someone somewhere saw that either came in once and saw it and didn't like it or sees it on the internet and doesn't like it. And I definitely share my politics on the internet pretty loudly. So someone probably doesn't like us for that reason. Um, but again, I'm not going anywhere. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, are there any other You've mentioned that you have this network of other businesses around Jersey, other bakers around the country. Are there any other New Jersey-based businesses that might not be on my radar or our listeners' radar where you're like, if you like what we're doing and you like what Mutiny's doing and you like what Flux is doing, here's the other, here's the people in this little network of mine. Who so are like the people we, that shout We outs? do share our space uh, with my friend Ashley, owns a coffee cart called Steady Hand Cafe and Collective, and she's been there for a year now in like the center of cat's luck. Um, she sells really 
amazing espresso based drinks um and uses like all oat milk and everything um and it's like she's there every day uh, and she's been with me since the beginning like she uh came to our like grand opening party that like brian fallon played in our parking lot and that was like our day one uh <laughs> i love that you waited 37 minutes to drop that that's pretty slick that's pretty slick. Uh, <laughs> oh, just the guy from gaslight playing in the parking lot open it up that's not even at the top of mind that's just uh, part of the reality of cats like come hang out everybody it's the I coolest guess, fucking place in new jersey as cool as it is brian now at this point has become a friend so it feels like less of like a let me throw this down to impress you with thing uh yeah for sure that would be weird to yeah. do that to your friend that would be <laughs> it is cool he is cool gaslight rules like no discredit there but like at one point i would have been like that would be my like okay this is the coolest thing ever and now i'm like oh these are my friends now so it's cool uh but yeah other businesses um we just had our friends from Parmigiani Pizza do a pop-up in our space yesterday. Uh, they work out of like the Asbury Park uh, Collective Kitchen that I know um, Mutiny is like part of um, or was part of. Um, they're amazing. They make Detroit-style vegan pizza. I know that is, I guess, a uh, shame to say in New Jersey, but like, fuck it. Their pizza is incredible and you can enjoy a different type of pizza. It doesn't have to be thin crust. Uh, so yeah, they just did a pop-up the other day with us. Um, give me a minute to think. I'll, I'll come up with by the You're end of this. Already done pretty good. But yeah. already dropped two. I, think. <laughs> I, I, I question I sprung on you, and you already dropped two. I think you're good. I think you're good. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. I don't want to take up your whole day outside of patronizing the business and following you on social to keep up with things. How can people support you and what you're doing? What What do the people out here need to know? I mean, honestly, just like come by cat's luck one day it doesn't even have to be like for food like if we're having an event and you're like if you're really not for vegan food whatever fine like come by one of our shows and hang out uh it's really like all i could say is like give vegan food a try also it'd be cool crunch Dude, are dope <laughs> hearing you say that like it makes me realize you must encounter people who want to let you know that they're not about vegan food like are there people who come into cat's luck specifically just to have that debate with you Definitely not. Uh, I feel like we have like some like older customers who come in to get stuff for their kids who like just went vegan. And then when you're like, Oh, do you want something? They're like, Oh, no. And they're like, really like confused by the fact that you even offered them to eat it. Uh, but like, I feel like no one's ever really been super combative in that space. And Good. Good. I don't really encounter it as much online anymore either. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I never really engaged with it that like, people know not to try to like pick a fight with me over it. Um, also, you're just going to come out sounding like the asshole. If you really just need to kill an animal to be happy, then like good on you, I guess. Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I just had an experience where um, I visited. I mean, I think I'm going to turn this into a stand up bit, but I haven't tried it on stage yet, but I, I was at Disney world. I, I took my, uh, my family. We went to see my parents who live in a retirement community. And uh, they, my mom really loves Disney World. She wanted to take my son. We said, lovely, let's do it. We we're at the Magic Kingdom. And I saw this guy get in a screaming match with his wife pretty early in the day. But Disney World's quietly a very stressful place. And he called her some very mean names. And then he stalked off and he was wearing 
a string backpack with Elsa and Anna from Frozen on it. And he was like older than me. And then he, the whole time was eating one of those big turkey legs they sell at amusement parks. And I was like, I think that might be why I feel okay about being vegetarian. Because an animal shouldn't have to die so that guy can behave like that. Like that, <laughs> that guy yelling at his wife while wearing an Anna and Elsa string backpack, that turkey didn't. That, there was something else that turkey should have done with its time on earth rather than okay. feed that guy. That we should probably feed that guy to the turkey sits back. <laughs> I agree. That's, that's probably where we should be going. <laughs> anyway, this has been a lovely conversation. I am yeah. a longtime fan from afar. You're um, going to have to change that. You're going to have to come. I know. I got to get Jersey this, Diner Crunchwrap. I got to get down to Monmouth County more often in general. And next time when I do, we really were. I mean, I, I was said to my wife, she was, as we got down there, she's, you know, she's like, here's the list of things I want to do as we spend this week at Asbury Park. I'm like, here's the list of things I want to do. And my son had to go to, uh, he had to go and get a weird 24 hour virus and we had to take him to the mm-hmm. urgent care and it ended up in uh, fortunately cat's luck for as much as I want a gobble crunch wrap. I felt like I should probably be there in the emergency room. Yeah, no, that's, son, that's a so. good time to be yeah. a parent. Yeah. 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 But these, <laughs> I understand. Sacrifice, these goddamn <laughs> sacrifices that we have to make as parents. Doesn't this kid know that there's vegan gobble now? What does he not get about this? Anyway, a great conversation. I love everything you're building. I love everything Thanks. you stand for, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I think you're doing it the right way, and I hope everybody who hears this and finds this comes out and supports and enjoys it. And I would go so far as to say, especially if you're someone who's not certain on veganism, I've had the baked goods. You're not going to care. Go down just to see, just to see how you feel. Give it a shot. I'll put that challenge out there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Michelle, for taking thank the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Kopp, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World, where New Jersey is the World.